This, this is the Second Second Story Podcast. Welcome back to the Second Story Podcast. I'm Max Spitz. I struggled a lot in sports and recess as a kid because I had asthma. It is hard to explain to other third graders that you're bad at tag because your lungs don't work right. And needless to say, asthma isn't something people are raised to be proud of. But then I came across a book series that made a huge difference. In the fantasy series, Keys to the Kingdom by Garth Nix, the main character has asthma and is also absolutely awesome. You know, finding someone I could see myself in like that meant a lot to me. In this week's story, teller Tiffany Moten tells a story of her own childhood role model, one who led her to face her fears and fight back against her own supervillains. Recorded live at Pub 626 in Chicago in October 2019, Second Story is proud to present Mighty. Before I related to the growing pains of Issa on Insecure, before I was enamored by Joan and her girlfriends, and even before Moesha and her spoken word made me want to be a poet, there was Kimberly. Now, unlike any of the other role models that I had, any of the other role models I related to as I grew older, Kimberly Hart looked nothing like me. But even as a child, I knew that my fascination with her had nothing to do with her skin and everything to do with what she represented. Saturday mornings were made for cartoons. My mom and dad were usually tending to my infant twin sisters, so I entertained myself by watching some of my favorite Saturday morning TV shows. Arthur, Pepper Ann, and the kids from Recess occupy me and my imaginary friend just long enough for my dad to make me breakfast. This morning was like any other. I got up as the California sun pierced through my bedroom curtains. I hopped out of my bright, red, toddler-sized bed and headed to the living room, excited by the possibility of what new shenanigans Pepper Ann would get into. As I tiptoed towards the living room, I was sure to jump over the beams of sunlight that touched the carpet. Five-year-old Tiffany was convinced it was like lava, and avoiding all the beams meant that I was champion of Saturday mornings. Excited by the early morning silence, I ran to the TV in the living room. I wasn't really sure where the remote was, so I walked to the TV and began to turn the dial. As I turned the dial, I noticed that the channels weren't changing. I turned to my imaginary friend, also named Tiffany. <laughs> What's wrong with the TV? I asked her. I took a seat in my pattern onesie right in front of the TV screen and prepared for my disappointment. At 8 a.m., a bunch of teenagers appeared on my screen, and before I knew it, I was completely infatuated. It had drama, teen angst, romance, and good versus evil. It was the mighty Morphin Power Rangers. <laughs> Everything I didn't know I needed in a TV show. My love only grew with my age, and by the time I turned nine, not only had my family left the California sun for the temporary Chicago summers, 
But I knew everything there was to know about the Power Rangers. The Green Ranger, Tommy. He was the bad boy. He was the newest Ranger. The Red Ranger, Jason. He was a leader of black belt and karate. The Yellow Ranger, Trini. She was calm, cool, and collected, a kung fu expert. The Black Ranger, Zach. He was a cool kid, very popular. The Blue Ranger, Billy, a friendly nerd. But then there was Kimberly Hart, the Pink Ranger. She was a gymnast, she was a socialite, she was sassy, she exuded confidence and in a room full of boys, she demanded respect. She could save herself, but she didn't mind being saved either. She was a team player and a nice person. Kimberly Hart stood up for others, but she also stood up for herself. She had depth. I wanted to be Kimberly Hart because she was everything I thought I wasn't, everything I dreamed of being. For those of you who don't know, the Rangers were regular teens until Zordon, an alien from another planet, <laughs> gave them supernatural powers to save the Earth from the power-hungry witch, Rita Repulsa. The Power Rangers would morph into their protective, super-strength suits to defeat whatever monster Rita sent to destroy the world. And when the monster died, Rita would bring it back to life but supersized. Despite Rita's best efforts, the Rangers were always victorious. It was a predictable emotional roller coaster, and I loved every single minute of it. <laughs> I imagine fifth grade would be something like high school in Power Rangers, and I would be like Kimberly Hart, but without the superpowers. With the optimism that only a nine-year-old could have, I marched my way to my first day at Southwood Elementary School. After I arrived, I realized that I did not have homeroom with any of my fourth grade friends. Even still, I was enthusiastic about the possibility of making new friends. I sat next to Jasmine and Danielle. Jasmine was tall for a fifth grader, but not in the awkward preteen way. There was no awkwardness about her. She had the grace of a swan. Her hair was always perfectly done and it often swayed back and forth as she glided down the hallway. Her boobs had also grown in early, so the boys were completely enamored by her. <laughs> Danielle was the best dancer in the fifth grade. She was part of every dance group that the school had. Her parents let her wear acrylic nails, and she often would walk around in the most popular gym shoe of the month. Before I could even open my mouth, Jasmine said that she didn't like my hair which was a complete insult, especially since my hair was crimped to perfection, just like Lisa Turtle from Saved by the Veil. <laughs> I quickly realized that Jasmine and Danielle would not be my new friends. Instead, they would become my enemies. Every day I came into class, Jasmine and Danielle had an insult waiting for me. My clothes, my hair, my jewelry. Sometimes it was the fact that I knew answers to questions or that I wanted to read aloud. Every day I tried something different to appease them, and every day it only made it worse. My sadness came in waves, but my disappointment was constant. I didn't really understand what I had done to deserve such ridicule. I just wanted to enjoy the fifth grade. I just wanted to be Kimberly Hart. 
After a pretty quiet day at school, I thought Jasmine and Danielle had forgotten about me. I walked through the narrow hallways with my Lisa Frank lunchbox. Excited by the one opportunity a day, I got to sit with my former fourth grade friends. I sat down at our usual table and waited for my friends to arrive. Instead, Jasmine and Danielle sat in the empty stools next to me. I heard you got to air your quiz, Jasmine said. I did, I told her. You know, she doesn't have any friends. She has all the time to study. Danielle laughed in her annoying, high-pitched voice. I have friends, I whispered. Not many, probably because you're an Oreo. An Oreo meant that I was black on the outside, but white on the inside. They often called me that because I spoke proper English. I maintained the facade at lunch, but cried instantly when I walked out the cafeteria. Even at nine, I knew that Oreo wasn't just a surface level insult. It was meant to burn me, to scar my spirit, to linger on my emotions. It was meant to cause concern, to cause confusion about who I was and about who I wanted to be. When I got home, I couldn't hide my tears and I told my parents what happened. They immediately erupted into an angry frenzy. They tried calling the school, then they tried calling the teachers, then they tried calling the school again. When my mother and father realized they wouldn't be able to talk to anyone immediately, they grabbed my hand and we all sat down. You stand up for yourself. Don't let anybody disrespect you. Defend yourself, they told me. But that was easier said than done. Emotionally exhausted, I went to watch an episode of Power Rangers that I recorded on VHS. <laughs> in this episode, Kimberly gets trapped in an alternate reality alone. She has to figure out a way to get out or she will be trapped there forever. Rita Repulsa sent a monster to the alternate reality to ensure that Kimberly would never leave. This was the first time Kimberly ever had to single-handedly fight a monster. She did her very best to avoid it because she was not confident that she could beat it without her ranger friends. But after getting trapped on a dead-end street, Kimberly had no other choice. She was afraid, but she managed to not only fight the monster, but defeat it. She was brave. Maybe being brave didn't mean you weren't afraid. Maybe being brave meant you fought through your fears. I never responded to Danielle and Jasmine because I was terrified of confrontation and I was terrified of them. I like to follow the rules and I enjoy being kind, but not only did I have permission from my parents, but I knew that Kimberly Hart, my role model and my friend, would never stand for this. The next day, I walked into class empowered. When I sat at my desk, Jasmine loudly whispered to Danielle, wow, her outfit is really ugly. And it was in this moment that I felt Kimberly Hart in my nine-year-old spirit. I turned around and said, leave me alone. Jasmine looked shocked. I never responded to her, but today, today was the day. Jasmine stood up and slowly approached me like a monster sent by Rita Repulsa. <laughs> oh, you can speak now? She said as she walked over to my desk. I stood up. 
Jasmine, I am a nice person. You and Danielle are mean. I don't say anything to you because I follow rules. But my mom said I would not get in trouble for sticking up for myself. I'd like to pause here to note that I don't condone violence. It's really not something I ever want to do. Jasmine laughed at me and pushed my shoulder. And in true pink Power Ranger fashion, I pushed Jasmine with all the force that a nine-year-old child could have, and she fell to the ground. A small sense of accomplishment grew inside of me until I saw her rise. She rose in slow motion, like the monsters do right before Rita Repulsa turns them into super-sized creatures. But I was ready. Like Kimberly, I would not be defeated. Like Kimberly, I would be brave. I morphed into my imaginary pink suit with super strength and prepared for battle. Before Jasmine could even lay a hand on me, I swung my leg around until it connected with her stomach. And she went down again. By this time, the other students in my class had gathered around us like they were watching a WWE match. Cheers erupted as Jasmine hit the floor. I did what needed to be done. Kimberly taught me. My teacher stood between Jasmine and I before she could get up for round three. He took her to the principal's office and then he pulled me aside. I know Jasmine has been bullying you. I'm not going to call your parents, but no more roundhouse kicks, okay? <laughs> I walked out of school that day with my head held high. I conquered my fear. I defeated my monster. Although my parents had technically given me permission to defend myself, when my mom asked me how my day was during dinner, I decided not to tell her I kicked someone to the ground. <laughs> Instead, I responded, great. And I, re I proceeded to tell her about the A I got on my quiz. After dinner, my mom asked me what I wanted to be for Halloween, and I responded, the Pink Power Ranger. This story was produced by Jenna Myers, curated by Elizabeth Blondell, directed by Matthew Ferries, with music and sound design by Michael Benedict. The Second Story podcast is produced by Max Spitz. Second Story is supported by the MacArthur Fund for Art and Culture at the Richard H. Treehouse Foundation, Skadden Arp Slate Meager and Floam, the Gaylord and Dorothy Donnelly Foundation, the Chicago Department of Cultural Affairs and Special Events, CoBank, and many generous individuals like you. I'm Max Spitz, and this, this, this is the Second, Second Story Podcast. <laughs>